Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide, and I'm here today. I don't know where I'm at. My head's all messed up, everybody. I got some personal shit going on, so I'm going to be a little out of it for the next couple weeks. Um, I got a couple things going on, but there's some stuff to talk about. A few little things happening here and there. I fin- did a little uh, corporate class uh, this past weekend. Machine Gun Tours. Alan over there. Um, we got a local place called Machine Gun Tours. And they let you come in. He's a class three guy. One of the first places when I moved to Colorado that did all my FFL transfers from Connecticut to here was Alan over at Machine Gun Tours. I mean, the dude is just chock full of everything. Big competition guy. Uh, likes to race cars, likes to do a lot of stuff. I mean, Alan's just out there. Great dude. And as well, he also has a little piece of a um, uh, video company, a, uh, a production company locally called Garlic Media. And those guys were actually out. We did a little corporate class thing for his uh, his handgun people. His store mostly focuses on handgun, carbine, and class 3 stuff. They don't do a lot of precision rifle stuff, but Alan always jumps back and forth into the precision rifle world, and he usually has a lot of older equipment, a lot of 308s, a lot of Ruger RPRs. Alan also did the Wit Machine, um, fully suppressed Rugers that I talked about a couple times and shot videos with him. So there was those uh, those Wit Machine suppressors, and I'm going to get into suppressors a little bit later again. I got some suppressor news to talk about. You guys are always asking about suppressors. So I want to make sure we talk about that. Um, so what Alan does is usually every other year or so as a gift to his uh, employees, he does a class with me or a fun shoot kind of thing. Not a formal, formal class. Uh, more like I said, more like a fun shoot. But uh, we do do some instructions and let him teach and all that. So the first day I go to his shop in, uh, in Lakewood off of Colfax there and um. What he'll do is we have dinner, nice we have kebabs and stuff, and then we do just a refresher course for them to get everybody on the same page. Two hours or so, you know, we're out by 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock or whatever. And then the next day we come out to the range, and we thought we were going to have great conditions, but the winds were totally cranking. One of the big takeaways was um, the weaponized math. Because Allen's kind of goes, harkens back to old school. And, you know, he's our age and all that stuff. And so he's like, oh, we're going to do this and chronograph and get this and shoot that and do our data. And I'm like, nah, dude, we're not doing chronographs and that stuff anymore. He's like, what? And, and I'm like, nah, we're going to be doing, um, you know, weaponized math and, and we're going to do it that way. And the weaponized math, man, just really, really resonated with those guys. I mean, these are all handgun people, no ballistic experience. Some of them have seen it. You know, they're the gun shop employees, really. And and so the weaponized math was the easiest way to get these guys to not only visualize, but then understand their drops. Because now they can see it. This plus this equals that, you know, or this times this, actually. So that worked out really, really well. And, and I mean, the best example, because like I said, Alan was immediately a skeptic. And it was like, all right, Alan, hit the three. Bop, 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 bop. And uh, he was shooting a Q fix. Um, I want to get a fix, but those short barrels are, are really not fast. Um, he's switching the barrel out. He's going to go with a 22-inch proof. Um, and then the nice thing with Alan's classes is everything's suppressed. 
you know, so really comfortable to, to shoot around. But the, he was using a proof fix, Night Force 4 to 16 on it, all this stuff. So it's like, Alan, shoot 300. Okay, he's 1.3. Okay, well, now let's go to your, your four. Weaponized math tells him to go here. Boom, he's on waterline. Boom, now here's the problem is the weaponized math will start to fall apart on that 16-inch gun because it's dropping like a rock out there. Once we start to get in seven, eight hundred, it starts to deviate a little bit because it's just not trending supersonic and the way it's supposed to anymore. It's just totally dropping the ball with muzzle velocity. I mean, muzzle velocity, that's the determining factor on what's going to go on with this stuff. I mean, we can play barrels, and I just saw an article. It was funny um, because, you know, I do the stuff for Gun Digest. And they had an article about a 16-inch gun, 1,000-yard capable. And it's like, what? Come on, dude. Why are you even selling that? I get it. I do it. I did the the Gladius 18-inch. It is, but he was, you know, he did a 120-grain bullet. He's pushing it at 2,900 feet per second out of a 308. You know, and all these other things. Muzzle velocity. You got to look at those numbers. Can you change things to adjust? Absolutely. I talk about this all the time. Lighter bullet going faster can make up the difference because Alan was shooting 140s with that 16 inch uh, Q, right? So 140s, man, too heavy. And he's like, dude, it don't. I'm like, you need the 130s, man, because you got to make up the difference speed versus weight. You know what I mean? You just can't always go and say, I bought this gun. They told me to shoot this and do that. This is what we see. And I'm going to bring this as another example with the 338 crowd. Because as a thing with the machine gun tourist class, Alan happened to have an RPR 338. Then he put a Burris XTR2 on it. And this is a very typical new guy setup we see. Okay. RPR 338. Oh, I need a big gun. RPR 338's the right price. I got my 338 fix. I mean, we see it with the Savages, the Rugers, up. Whatever it is, people think they need big. So they buy this stuff. Then they put this XTR2 on it. And however it was set up, it didn't have enough elevation. We needed, because they're shooting again, these 300 grain bullets, 300 grain, 338, factory RPR. XTR2, we're shooting one mile in Colorado. It was 70 degrees out this weekend. 72, actually. 70 degrees out, right? So it's warm. I got a DA at easily 7,000 feet. Winds were cranking, so the winds were terrible for trying to get hits on targets with new shooters. But I kind of doped the rifle in so they really only had to bounce left side, right side. At some cases, the winds changed a bunch. It was, it, it was not a, the right day to bring new people to a mile, but we did it anyway. But he needed 25 mils to reach it and even had a hold. Sometimes he, he maxed out at his 24 there, 25 he needed more than that to even reach the mile because of the heavy bullets in the RPR didn't have the muzzle velocity. So usually you're around 18 mils with a 338. Here I'm at 25 and holding over. That's the problem. You don't have predictability, you don't have consistency 
when you're doing that kind of stuff that way. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't keep doing it like that. It has to be a case where speed wins, man. End of story. Oh, and I want to clarify one thing since I mentioned speed. The, the speed drop, everybody was laughing because I was like, fuck the speed drop. And all right, let me explain it. Just a little side note here. Little, little, little boop on that speed drop. Like I mentioned, it's math. We know math works. However, how do we operate? You got to go minus. And we're not really set up to go minus. That we have two options to go minus. The turret or the radical. Okay. So what happens when you have zero stops and an H-59? You're in trouble. You better hold the radical and your speed drop better just be your dope, right? So then you can't go in, in the... in. And I get what they're doing. It makes sense to use that first two numbers of the yard line as your data. And, 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 and I get that from a no thinking standpoint. That's what we want. We don't want to think. So when I'm thinking speed drop the way they're doing it, and I know there's a compromise, the military's compromising with the Leopolds and doing stuff, and I get it. I don't want to think. So what I would do if it was me, is I would say my speed drop, now if it's an even number like two, you, you have better options because then you can go to the reticle if you have the, a reticle above the holdover, right? So what I could say is I got, I got my zero at my center crosshair. My speed drop requires me to use two mils below zero. I have a zero stop in place. I don't want to touch my turrets. So I would have to use two mils above the reticle as my new aiming point. So you, in order to do that without thinking, you would need something easy. Now, if it was 1.9, I would just fudge it. But if it's a weird number, well, then that kind of creates a math problem I have to think. The other way I would do it is I would set my zero stop like with a night force. And that's why I said night force has the benefit in this situation. I would set my zero stop to that location. So whatever my speed drop number is, drop that zero stop there. So I still have my normal 100-yard zero. Everything's good. My zero stop then goes to my speed drop number. So now when I'm going to move, I'm going to do something, what I would do is I would lower my magnification a little bit because I'm moving. I want to open up my field of view in case I got to pull that scope up. I'm going to turn my zero stop to the stop, which puts me in my speed drop number. Then, if I walk into that oh shit moment, all I have to do is use the number. You know what I mean? I'm boom, I get a number, and I go for it. You know what I'm saying? But, like I explained, I can do all those same things except put one mil on my gun. And one mil can basically do the same thing with a lot of that. Um, and just use those because they're easy numbers. You know what I mean? So, if it's like, oh shoot, I'm here. Well, then you'd add 0.8. Well, it's like one point. If, I, if, it's, if it's between the four and 500, you know, you'd add the two and, and go like that. And you're still going to get a hit. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can skin it once you get there based on the size of your threat or your problem to solve. The size of the problem creates the need for accuracy as well. 
So that's just my note. I, I get it, man. It's math. It all works. I understand the numbers. Um, you know, I'm just saying, how do we work? We have zero stops now. Most zero stops are set relatively close to zero. And some cannot be set. And that's then you have reticles. And guys are even reducing today the hold under component to their reticles. They don't want to hold under. I like holding under because it keeps me in the middle, keeps me in the sweet spot. I'd rather bounce the reticle in that, in that Goldilocks zone than being on the edges because there's distortion, there's problems, there's all kinds of issues once you start getting to the edges, so keep me in the center. That's my mentality. So anyway, we're um, going to talk suppressors for a second. Uh, like I said, Allen's a complete suppressed class. We have a lot of stuff. I have, I think it's there now. I got to go to Mile High this week. Um, I'm doing some stuff with KG Made suppressor, so I'm going to have a lot of KG Made information out there. Um, I got a bunch of them coming in, and, and I'll be running that. I mean, right now, like if somebody's asking me where I'm going suppressed, and I talked about this, because but you guys are always asking suppressor stuff. I'm mainly running the Thunder Beasts. And then the other one I'm running pretty religiously is OSS. I'm really liking those OSS cans a lot. And, and I'm running them pretty religiously. Now uh, I'm working this KG made stuff. And I know they do stuff for um, like Pappas and different guys and stuff like that. So they're more of like a almost OEM maker of suppressors for some of the companies out there. So I'm really looking forward to see what they have. Um, it's options, man. Uh, it, it, everything's backed up, everything's hard to get, and it's like we we need to have three favorites now. You know what I'm saying? We need to have more than one because you can't just say, hey, what's your favorite scope? Well, I like the Zero Compromise. Well, it's like, no, I like Zero Compromise every bit. I like the Collis, I like, and I like the Night Force. I like my Schmidt and Benders. You know what I mean? It's like I like all these. Who am I running today? And it's just, it's it's really like a wave, you know? It's not any thought out, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. Um, but one of the things that happen is they, they always bring like scars to Allen's classes, a lot of semis, scars and things like that. And the scar heavies actually do pretty good. Uh, I like the shorter barrel a little better than the longer. The longers will tend to droop. Because um, that pencil thin after the gas block and they get hot. And when you put a can on them or anything, forget it. You, I've seen them when the seals came down to rifles only one time and we're testing scars. We saw really droopy barrels, man. One of them, we got to drop almost five inches at 100 yards. Um, just nuking it, you know, getting it hot as shit. But um, so I like the shorter ones. They don't tend to droop as much. But anyway, Gemtech won again. Got one of the guys doing well, going over, and then the one just started going to fucking hell. And it's getting not strikes, but nicks. You got to look inside that muzzle, man, and make sure there's no copper showing. The, the, the spring, these quick detach, quick attaches are a bad idea. And if your suppressor has a spring-loaded system in it, even worse idea. What we see is that mechanism bounces under recoil. And depending on how everything's set up, what was happening with this one setup was he's getting these might, and you're seeing streaks of copper just in the end cap. Not enough to really mess it up, but not enough to hit, 
Not enough to strike, not enough to damage, but enough to leave a mark. And what does it do with those rounds in every direction imaginable? And you have zero accuracy once that happens. We saw it in Alaska with a guy who was shooting phenomenal. I see it every time. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys, can, if you have them, it cut the freaking end off and put a, 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 a direct thread. But you really, really, really do need to, um, you need to look at uh, those spring-loaded systems. They weren't working out really well. I'm trying to think, I thought there was one other suppressor they were shooting that I, oh, he had the Q1, one of the Q suppressors, the little short guys. He had the whole rig on the Q fix. I like that suppressor too. Um, so I like the fix. I like the Q's little guy. I mean, the fix is almost like it was made for me. You know, it's so, it's so, that and the, I, I don't know which way to go with the cross or the fix. I know they fight in this, supposedly the cross fixes problems of the fix and it's the same guys. In, in a way, I mean, the SIG cross is such a cheap rifle because it's half the price almost. But it's like, do you want the original? Do you want the fix? And Q has the reputation. But the can was nice. I like the rig. I would just do the longer barrel, lighter carbon fiber. To me, that would be the perfect truck gun. And I'm saying that, I'm like, dude, that's a truck gun. I get it. It's super handy. It shoots well. It's it, it its controls are in good place. But um, you need a little longer to do what we're doing. You know, if you want to play inside 800 at 16 inch, it's fine. You know, but once you want to start going outside on the edges, this is... It's, it's context. I mean, we're really kind of looking at the edges of these things. And when people push out to the edge, it's like, wow, man, I can't give you, you can't. Well, let's take context because this is a great segue. We did the podcast last week, Jacob, Eric Finley down there. And apparently like in Texas, guys took what we were saying out of context in terms of Eric, not so much Jacob. And I thought Jacob was a, a lot worse than Eric. Like everybody in general, over overarching, you know, the umbrella, enjoyed those podcasts. They enjoyed what we say. They agree. Hey, there needs to be some changes. And to the point, and I won't go too deep, but Shannon called me this week um, and, and, and wanted to, you know, open up dialogues and stuff. And, I'm a little hesitant because I don't think it's 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 a good thing to jump right into it just the way it was framed. But uh, it's the door is open. It's not locked. We'll put it that way. Is it cracked or wide? I'm not going to say, but the door is not locked. So, but what happened is we were kind of saying how the matches, and before I even start, yes, they're fun. I get it, dude. When you show up in a thing, Yes, they're fun. But people don't know what they don't know. The unknown knowns, whatever the heck that says, whatever the case is. Um, but people don't know what they don't know. And the thing is, is they've gotten repetitive. Okay? Some people like that because it gives them multiple opportunities to correct problems and, and do stuff. But it's gotten repetitive. And so... You know, then you start seeing that this started out as a tactical endeavor. We run and gunned. You moved. You had to carry your stuff. Sometimes we didn't let you go back and get your stuff. If you started the stage here, you had to end with all your stuff here. 
Today, people are carrying carts, people, because they're carrying, because number one, we carried everything on our body, okay? Now we have so many bags and support devices that people have to carry a little bit more. I get it. Dude, go to an F-class match. There's carts, okay, because they got the rests. They got the plates that go in the ground to hold the rest. They got their spotting scopes. They got all their stuff, right? They got a ton of things. We were supposed to be field people. We're living with it. We're sleeping with it, that kind of thing. We're in the military. We're not. We're, you know, that tactical marksmanship, practical marksmanship. So now we have lines drawn. We have um, parking lots. You can go back and retrieve things, you know, all this stuff. So Eric was commenting on, you know, seeing people bringing carts and, and it, it sort of goes against the intent. We're not bagging on the people, man. The individuals, we get it. You're, you're working within the system today. What we're talking about is a systematic change. What we're saying is go to a match that has one third PRSE type stages, one third something else type stages, call it a legacy stages if you want, and then one-third maybe scenario-based stages. We're saying don't do the same thing over and over, which isn't a bag on the individual who adapted to that, okay? And and I and it's funny because people aren't kind of labeling me with that. They didn't label Jacob with this, but apparently... In, in, in the Sotex crowd, they labeled Eric. Now, I don't know the dynamic down there. There are probably other underlying things. Once campaigns start, how they start, I can't say until you kind of peel back the curtain. Um, You know, but what we're saying is we need a, um, we need a variety back. We need to... Kind of look at the tactical mindset. Look at the practical mindset. Maybe we need a new word. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there needs to be some new word that fits in the middle to let people know, I want a third of your kind of barricade stages. Give me a third of something that's a little bit more legacy-ish, you know, where the bigger, heavier stuff's not going to work as much. Then give me one that's scenario-based that involves movement, which then trims what those other stages will be carried. Okay, that's what we're looking at. And, and it's not about a person. It's not about an individual to that degree. Okay, we're not talking about John or Jane out there who, who's, who's, doing, who's working within the system today. You know, you're not in charge. You're not the match director. You're doing, and, and, and yes, we know people are having fun. That's not the question. The question is, what are we getting out of it, and can we do better? You know, I mean, even with the conversation, like Sh when Shannon called me this week, it's, it's the, there is an ask there. And he, he gets it, I get it, and, and it's just, you know, it was, I wasn't just going to drop this and say, you know, let's solve it, because and, and, it, it, it was, 
it wasn't right. I, I don't know the right word, but it was it was like, nah, that's not that's basically just giving in and saying, okay, we need to, you know, I need to see something. It's one thing to say, hey, it's another thing, let me see it. And I I just have to say, we're seeing it. We're seeing guys mix up their events. We're seeing guys create different types of events now. It's, I mean, I I said, uh, well, I'll put it right out here. I can't handle the amount of positive reaction I got in the attempts to ask me to help. I, I can't manage how many people reached out to me. It was that big. And every and and I get it. I'm not gonna out anybody or nothing. There's no like Jacob's public. I'm gonna talk Jacob and I all day like that. There's people that don't wanna rock the boat. And I get it. There's been charges. I rocked the boat in this, and why do I gotta be public? And and that came up. Why the public um uh kind of Repetit on repeat of this situation. It's the the mindset is listen, and and it, I get it. This is what comes back at me. Why do you got to say it out loud? Why do you got to make us look bad? Why can't we handle this offline? We tried that. Trust me when I say we tried it. Now some people will add different amount of weight to what was said and done in the past in that context. And, you know, it's like, well, how many times am I going to knock on the door with my forehead until you answer? You know, bang down the door, bang down the door, bang down the door, nobody answered. So then I went out and picked up a microphone. Now the door opened up and said, hey, why are you out in the street telling everybody? You could have came in. I get that. But this is how change happens now. And this is just how things happen to function. And trust me, it's going to be positive. You know what I'm saying? It already looks like that from the outside looking in. And we're already seeing people do things. I mean... Great example, I picked up a handgun this weekend with these guys, and yeah, I hit really, really well. I haven't touched a handgun in probably two years, easily, but I was leaning back. My form was shit. I'm like, fuck, I got to start. So now, I, it's like, we're wrecking skills, and yeah, I can practice a game, especially if the game is repetitive, we can learn to do like, like even like Chris's drill, a good thing with um Jacob, Jacob brought this up. Oh, uh, this is, this is a, this is a fantastic way of looking at it. Jacob's Jacob came to me, him and I were talking offline about some stuff. I'm going to be going down there and seeing all them. Chris Roberts class on the eighth. I'm going down to Texas. I'll be seeing you Texas boys. Um, doing the class with Chris Roberts. If you want to jump in, Actually, Jacob's going to come and do a special guest instruction with us. He, he His time opened up. So if you're interested in the CR2 class down in Texas, uh, you're going to have me 
Chris and Jacob down there at some point. This is going to be like a fantastic learning experience. It's not a gas gun only thing. It's whatever you want it to be. Come on in. It'll be worth your while. You got one week to sign up for this thing. We got It's the weekend of the 9th. So Texas, I'm driving down. You're going to want to be part of it. So Jacob brought this up to me. Uh, we were talking about Chris's rifle craft. And he's like, the only thing I'm afraid of, and this is how we think, is it's like studying for a test. And I look, I was like, oh, man, why did you have to say that? You're right. But you're not. Because I did see it with Chris. I mean, Chris is now moving from the 100 yards out to distance to get the wind right. Because he can't practice the wind at the 100, and the wind is the great equalizer. So now he's got to kind of take that. And so the... The answer is, yeah, Chris's stuff, but like at 600, not at 100. You know, you do the 100 to get the process, then you got to go to 600. One size with what we do never fits all. And it's a variety. So what I'm, why? Now, this all comes full circle, okay? This all comes right back around. If you practice what Chris is doing and you went to an East Coast PRS event, you'll probably do pretty good because you studied for their test. But if you practice what Chris is doing and you came out West, you're not going to do as well because the wind's going to eat your lunch. See what I'm saying? That's kind of what we're looking at. And... I, I, you know, I was like in this, this, you know, in between my drama I got going on. Yeah, it's one of those. Ugh. There is this thing of time. Like I'm thinking in between stuff. Hey, I got to do, look at this. And I just lost it because I hit that button. Anyway, I, it's just... I'm thinking in between and I'm saying, how do we manage these problems? How do we do this different stuff in target tree? We're looking at, okay, we got to change the target tree. We want to make it so standing in front of a target and putting your rifle on a prop isn't going to get you the hit. You're going to have to think about it and move. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're trying to, you know, creative variety. It's one thing to, to, to say, oh, I know where I was going. So I'm looking at these props. This is where I was going. I'm with the props, with the props, with the props. And I noticed, I'm thinking, I'm like looking at this, how I address this, how I come up to it, how I move forward. And right now, a lot of the props are meant to kind of get you right there. They don't push you out of the way. They don't keep you back. They don't mess with you. They're, they're, they're sort of designed so it's an unimpeded movement to support the bag. But we always don't have those unimpeded movements to support the bag. 
Sometimes the rifles hang further off. Sometimes they farther forward. Sometimes there's things you got to kind of weave around. And by always having the props easily accessible, three steps forward, drop the bag, place rifle, engage target. Think about how many stages you do that. And the prop is irrelevant if you're doing the same motion every time. That's what we're trying to say. That's not shooter. That's system. That's not bagging on the person who's doing it. That's the person who designed it. Variety is the spice of life. Right? That is where we're getting at. So don't, he's not bagging on you guys. I'm not bagging on you guys. Like I said, I, I kind of, I thought there was a little bit of like, and I mentioned this couple podcasts back pressure, you know, like little down on some of the match directors. And then I kind of sat back a minute and went, well, but they kind of are getting repetitive. They, and, and then again, Richard coming around full circle. They're calling me and I'm jammed right now. So the amount of outreach that took place outside the public arena, behind the scenes, through my phone was big. This isn't a small movement. This isn't three or four guys complaining. It's three or four guys talking loud on the internet, on your radio, Think about who the three or four guys that are saying this are. Think about the crew that's saying we can do better. That's that's really where it should go. You know what I mean? So don't bag on the guys, man. Hey, man, take it what it is. People want to do better. Okay? People want to do better. And they have to work within the systems in place today And they have to do things the way they can. But that doesn't mean you can't start filtering in changes. You can't start adding in a few differences. A scenario stage, two or three of them. Something that goes a little longer, a little farther, a little harder, that says maybe you don't want to carry that. That's all. I mean, come on. You know, do we we all want to go the barricade bench rest route? No, that's why we have different disciplines, okay? If, if your area is deep with it, everybody likes it, and you can care less about what we're saying and feel you, you can't accommodate this type of talk in your location, okay, I get it. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just trying to say there's there's options out there. We're trying to educate people because, like I said, some people don't know what they don't know. They don't know the history of the sport they're participating in, where it came from, why it came from, and where it is today is, is, is 180 from where it started. And not, in my mind, in a positive way. It's one thing if you go 180 and things improve, but we've gone 180 and every week there's an adjustment necessary, some kind of drama, some kind of situation. 
I mean, we had him multiple weeks in a row. And that never happened back in the day. You know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of where we're going. That's all. Anyway, so that's that. Um, I talked to you about the weaponized math in the class with Alan. Those guys, Garlic's going to put out probably little teasers or something. I don't know what they, I mean, we filmed a few interviewee things. They were really blown away by the weaponized math. And so I did a little interview on that. Um, and, and so we'll probably have a video of just, but it was, it was gun store folks having a good time. It was very informal class. Uh, but we had a blast. I mean, we're shooting in, in, you know, 20 mile an hour winds and just, just loving every minute of it. People are hitting. I mean, think about it. There's got, I mean, some of the guys never shot past 200 yards with us and they're all making hits in 18 and 20 mile an hour winds with 308s. In, in what we would consider, you know, bargain basement precision rifle setups. So uh, really good stuff there. And, and, and I do appreciate what Alan and all those guys did. And, and I, I liked what I saw. Uh, good, good, um, good stuff. It's fun to get out. Beautiful day. It was like 72. I got a weird sunburn. It's funny. I got this like goofy sunburn just the way we were dressed because it got up to like 70 degrees. And now we got like seven inches of snow out there. But it was like 75 degrees uh, the last two days. And now we got two feet of snow. Silly and stuff. Um, what else? What else is going on? I, I, I know there's a bunch. But like I said, I'm just in a, in a weird space right now of setting this stuff up. I got to do edit that spur video up this week. So spur videos are coming in. I'll, I can end this guy up at the um 37 mark. <laughs> I'm going to go... I, uh, I, I was kind of thinking some of the Bigfoot stuff, and I, I was trying to say what was going on because something else came up. Been watching the Ancient Aliens. I'm digging where the, the last couple shows have actually been really good. They're moving in such a weird way into the mainstream. Oh, did I tell you guys Giorgio uh, tweeted me? Giorgio! So uh, on Twitter and shit, I'm following a bunch of Ancient Aliens and Giorgio Sukalos there and... He said, uh, somebody said something about uh, like Wiener Schnitzel in, in Europe and this and that. And I had gone to the fancy, the place Mozart and all that um, uh, in Austria when I was in Vienna with Collis. So they took us to dinner every night and we went to this, um, the oldest known restaurant or something in the world, 1400s. It's got a blah, 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 name. And sorry, I didn't mean it that way, but you know what I'm saying? I don't know the name. Can't, I don't speak German. And um, anyway, so we go in there and I had Wiener Schnitzel there. I had the full-blown thing. So big, pretty famous. It's in the inner loop right near the church, the whole thing. And it's a house, crazy. It's, and I have pictures of it. It's neat. So I go to Giorgio. So Giorgio came on and said something, blah, 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 blah. And, and then I came back and said, yeah, you got to have it here. And he was like, yeah, buddy. And he came in and gave me a, a, a pat on the back and a retweet. So I was digging on Giorgio, so uh, all that. <laughs> but the only, you know what the funny thing, uh, just to, how crazy I am with that shit. So I also follow on Twitter Von Danica, Von Daniken, right? But his shit's all in German, and I can't even read it. <laughs> it's like, oh, shoot. And a, a shout-out to uh, to Philip. I don't know if Philip listens, but uh, from Vectronics in Germany, he sent me a Halloween shirt and a Scorpion shirt from uh, over there. 
So, uh, so Vectronics got me a Halloween and Scorpion. So I thought that was pretty darn neat. Uh, kind of neat stuff. But uh, I was just trying to go sideways and not talk shooting and all that shit all the time. But there was some, there was some cryptozoology or some stuff too. And I wanted to mention, and now I can't remember what the heck. I'm going to have to go back and look. Like some Bigfooty came up, and I know Colorado had something recently. And then the sightings with the cameras and everything, but now I'm spacing on it because I wasn't planning on this. I, I figured I had a window here and I was going to take advantage of it uh, is really all it came down to um, for today. Uh, today's podcast is I just wanted to put something out but had a, had a window for you all. Anyway, that's it. I, I'm going to take off and, and, and let you guys go. The Oh, the apps for Sniper's Hide. I'm... In with Apple, I'm in with Google. My apps are coming down, dude. The live streaming's going to be coming. We're going to be doing new stuff. I'm this, the podcast, the site with the live streaming. Once I get, I, I, got, I, got, I, I got a thing going on. Once I get that sorted out, the app's going to be dropping. You're going to have a community app to access Sniper's Hide. Whole thing It's going to include built-in live streaming, all the stuff. Basically... You know, for lack of a better description, Sniper's Hide will be sort of self-contained like it was his own Facebook. You'll go in the App Store, both Google and Android, ready to roll. Don't have to wait one or the other. And you're going to be able to access all your stuff. You'll be working within the app. You'll get all your stuff. Then I'm going to be doing some um, sort of shows on the live streaming where I'll do like a weekly show like this. Uh, creating a studio. We're going to be creating some stuff. And then um, with the podcast, I'm probably gonna do like a mini format mix up it won't be huge different but you're gonna notice a change we've been doing the same thing for like three years now just blah, 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 repeating ourselves and you know it's it's it needs a, it, it usually these shows are like shows you'll see this podcast is a it has episodes and a show and a thing and a season and a reason we're just a we're just talking for the sake of talking you know, so you're going to see a change in that as well uh, as I'm tightening all this stuff up. Lessons in the online training. Mark put out an article on Length the Pull. If you're interested in Length the Pull, front page of Sniper's High. I put out an article, uh, online training lesson. Supporter accounts, um, we're, we're cleaning up again. Listen, if you're not on the 1995 supporter account. If you pay Sniper's Hide for anything beyond commercial sales, if you have a $15 or $18 older online training, you need to go into PayPal and cancel that guy. Go cancel him out. Go to the supporter accounts. We're cleaning all of that up. You know what I'm saying? We're cleaning it up to make the site work better. And then there was a few people that had like manual accounts and they're like, I canceled, but it didn't work. And it was like, oh, I did you manually. So when we canceled you, it just sort of reset because it was in there manually. So we had to kind of look at a few of those. But I'm trying to clean up the roles. You know what I mean? So if you happen to have one of those older accounts, cancel it out and do the new one. There's going to be some more features and things coming in, especially with the apps coming through and dropping. Um, uh, it, it's it, Again, it's we're going next level with this. So uh, just keeping you guys up and informed. Let me know what you think, man. Go on the high everyday sniper section there or, you know, hit me in the Podbean app and, and, and tell me where is your head? 
Where's your head at? Am I, am I barking up the wrong tree? Am I wasting your time talking about this? What's the answer? You know what I mean? I know the feedback I get. What I'm asking is, am I in a bubble? Right? Am I in some kind of bubble that's not getting what's going on out there? And I'm, But I don't think so based on what we're seeing back here. Maybe it's an east versus west. Maybe it's a north versus south. I don't know. Potentially. It's a regional problem we're treating as a national one, you know, and, and that's kind of what what I'm saying. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for following. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper podcast. I mean, I really appreciate uh, everybody who's been listening, downloading all that. Everybody on the hide. I mean, our numbers are through the roof still. Really good stuff there. So thank you for all that. Uh, um, it, it's moving around. I'm working to clean up some of the trolls to get them out of the information sections. Like, hey, man. If you're in the info areas, you don't have to be that guy. Let's try to not be that guy there. If you want to go in those other areas and be that guy, we're leaving you alone. We're not freaking putting thumb on people. Go over there. Be the troll over there. We get it. People ask dumb questions, man. People ask dumb questions every other minute on the site. Answer it, man. It's that easy. Just tell them. Say, listen. Yeah, I don't care if you say, hey, dude, this is a really dumb question, the way you phrased it. But let me explain what I think you want. I'm fine with that stuff. You know what I mean? Hey, man, that question was stupid. But the answer is this. Something. All right, guys. Talk to you later. I'm out.